طيب إن شاء الله we're going to get started now. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم. الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد أشرف الخلق وسيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. اللهم لا سهل إلا ما جعلته سهلا وأنت تجعل الحزن إذا شئت سهلا سهلا رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني فقه قولي اللهم أخرجنا من ظلمات الوهم إلى الفهم وأكرمنا بمعرفة العلم وزين أخلاقنا بالحلم يا أرحم الراحمين آمين آمين آخر دعوان الحمد لله رب العالمين أما بعد uh, I pray that you're all doing well جزاكم uh, الله خير for attending today uh, for our فق- weekly fiqh of salah class Alhamdulillah we're coming close to finishing this course uh, we're in the later sections of fiqh of salah and uh, we should be done with it uh, within this month بإذنالله تعالى uh, today we have the eclipse prayers and the rain pl- prayers to cover um, uh, in the hour uh, that we have together. And uh, we're going to start off with the eclipse prayers first. And the ecl- eclipse prayers include um, either lunar eclipse or solar eclipse. And the terms for these in Arabic are kusuf and, and uh, khusuf. Um, and these terms, as the scholars, they say, are used interchangeably. They say, كسفت الشمس وخسف القمر. The khasf is for the qamar and the kasf is for the shams. But sometimes you might uh, find that these are used interchangeably. They say, وَالْأَفْصَحُ تَخْصِيصُ الْكُسُوفِ بِالشَّمْسِ وَالْخُسُوفِ بِالْقَمَرِ So, um, but anyway, this is Arabic terminology. In English, the eclipse prayer is the same whether we're talking about a lunar eclipse or a solar eclipse with only slight differences in the etiquettes um, between the two. But largely, they're the same uh, whether it's a solar eclipse or a lunar eclipse. Now, what's the origins of this? And why do we do this? Now, they say that this was legislated in the second year after Hijrah. And it was legislated when... Uh, Ibrahim, the son of the Prophet وسلم, passed away. In Jahiliyyah, before Islam, they used to see that eclipses um, would be uh, for something special, uh, a unique event happening, and the result of this would be something in nature that would change and be altered, right? So, فَأَبْطَلَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى وسلم, هَذَا الزعم كما في الحديث so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ اللَّيْلُ وَالنَّهَارُ وَالشَّمْسُ وَالْقَمَرُ Allah Azza wa Jal says of his miraculous signs is the day and the night and the sun and the moon he says لَا تَسْجُدُوا لِلشَّمْسِ وَلَا لِلْقَمَرِ وَاسْجُدُوا لِلَّهِ الَّذِي خَلَقَهُنَّ إِن كُنْتُمْ إِيَّهُ تَعْبُدُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says don't do sujood to, to any of what Allah created not to the sun, not to the moon um, and the Prophet went on to comment on this in the context of the death of his son Ibrahim. He said, إِنَّ الشَّمْسَ وَالْقَمَرِ آيَتَانِ مِنْ آيَاتِ اللَّهِ لَا يَنْكِسِفَانِ لِمَوْتِ أَحَدٍ وَلَا لِحَيَاتِهِ The Prophet ﷺ said, the sun and moon are from Allah's signs. They don't eclipse for the death of anyone or the birth of anyone. And then he says, فَإِذَا رَأَيْتُمْ ذَلِكَ فَصَلُّوا وَادْعُوا حَتَّى يَنْكَشِفَ مَا بِكُمْ this is something interesting to reflect on in this wording, the wording of the Prophet ﷺ. He says, when you see an eclipse happening, you should pray. And you, could, you should continue to make dua until the condition you're in is removed. 
right? So, subhanAllah, hatta yankashifa ma bikum. A lot of the times when we see um, uh, natural signs or natural phenomena, it causes a sense of awe. Oh, wow, that's amazing. And, um, but for the Prophet, وسلم, he would think of these things through a very spiritual lens, realizing that the sun is for Allah, the moon is for Allah. And if Allah Azza wished, the sun would stop fulfilling the purpose that it does for us. And if He wished, the moon would also stop fulfilling the purpose that it does for us. So there was a sense of fear and um, overwhelming emotion that would overcome the Prophet ﷺ when he would see these natural signs. It wasn't just, wow, that's amazing. No, it was something realizing the power of Allah. Realizing that if Allah wanted daylight to persist forever, it would. قُلْ أَرَأَيْتُمْ إِنْ جَعْلَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْكُمُ النَّهَارَ سَرْمَدًا إِلَىٰ يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ مَنْ إِلَاهٌ غَيْرُ اللَّهِ يَأْتِيكُمْ بِلَيْلٍ تَسْكُنُونَ فِيهِ أَفَلَا تُبْصِرُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, If Allah made daylight forever, no darkness, no night ever, then who's going to bring you darkness to, so that you may find second and peace and rest in that time frame? Don't you see? And then the other verse says, what if Allah makes night forever? You never see daylight ever, ever again. Wallahi, this, this, this affects the psyche and the physical bodies of human beings. That's why they say um, that among uh, the cruel and unusual punishment is to deny human beings access to sunlight. They talk about this in the context of prisons and the prison system. This is something that's very cruel. To not allow a human being to get exposed to the sun because it affects us. It affects us and even literally affects, you know, they talk about vitamin D. And, you know, vitamin D and what it causes for the, for the body and, the, and its function. You know, imagine if you had no access to this natural source of light. How would your lives be? That's what Allah Azza wa So anyway, the Prophet Sallallahu also would observe this and um, in when other things would happen as well. When storms would brew, the Prophet ﷺ would also be overcome with emotion. The hadith of Sayyidah Aisha says that the Prophet ﷺ, whenever he would see the clouds brewing and a storm coming, what would he do? He said, He would be pacing back and forth. And he would go in and he would go out. And Sayyidah Aisha asked the Prophet ﷺ, why do you see so, seem so concerned? And he said to her, how do I know that it's not what happened to those before? How do I know that it's not the punishment that has come to those before? When they saw the clouds brewing, they said, this is the rain that's going to give life to our harvests. But in fact, it was the punishment of Allah coming their way. So uh, the Prophet ﷺ, this is something actually very, very spiritual. Brothers and sisters, when you think of eclipse prayers and rain prayers, it's a very, very, very spiritual thing. It teaches us something about the Prophet ﷺ and his utter reverence of Allah's might and power. So this is something, uh, and you're going to see this in the way that it's done, and the unique way it's dealt with. So, um, uh, so you know, uh, we're going to go over that, inshallah, shortly. Now, what is the hukum? What is the ruling of the eclipse prayer? Is it obligatory? The answer? No, of course not. It's not obligatory. It is sunnatun mu'akkada. Again, when was it legislated? Second year after hijrah. Um, it is an emphasized sunnah. Um, when an eclipse is seen. 
when an eclipse is occurring, it's to be done during the eclipse. Not before it, not after it. During the eclipse. For the duration of the eclipse. And imagine that. So that's why you can imagine it's a longer prayer. It's a much longer prayer because you'll find that in the eclipse, if you experience a full eclipse, it goes in stages, right? If you experience a full eclipse, it goes in stages and it could last for hours, right? So that this, ex this spiritual experience for the Prophet ﷺ was something that was very prolonged from the beginning of the eclipse to the very end of it. Again, it is sunnah mu'akkada. And uh, it's an emphasized sunnah. And this emphasized sunnah is for men, it is for women, it is for travelers, it is for someone praying individually, and someone praying in jama'ah. Now, of course, the sunnah is for Salat al-Kusuf and the eclipse prayer to be done in jama'ah, um, to be done in congregation. However, say if someone can't do it in congregation, can they pray the eclipse prayers alone? The answer to this, yes, they can pray the eclipse prayers alone, all right? Um, so, uh, so that's, that's one thing. And how do we know that it's an emphasized sunnah? Because we go back to the hadith of the Arabi when, the, when he asked the Prophet وسلم, uh, about what's obligatory and the Prophet mentioned the five daily prayers. Do I have anything else besides this? He said, If you want to do it on your own accord, you could go ahead and do it. So it is not an obligatory prayer um, at all. And of course, Jumu'ah wasn't mentioned in that hadith either. But that's because Jumu'ah wasn't mandated then. It was, this, was, this, was, this was in the early days of Islam. We know Jumu'ah was mandated later on when the Prophet ﷺ um, went to uh, Medina. Jumu'ah was not prayed in Mecca. And it also it excludes what? Um, it excludes like witr prayers. Witr prayers, are they obligatory? According to most scholars, they are not. As we said in the very beginning of this course, the Hanafi school says it's wajib, but most scholars say no, it's sunnah mu'akkad. That's an emphasized sunnah, right? So, um, so, uh, so, for Salat al-Kusuf, there are a number of sun sunan that are linked with it. Um, what is linked with Salat al-Kusuf in terms of the sunan? Here, to sannu Salat al-Kusufain jama'at al-rijal al-muqimin wal-musafirin wa yusannu lil-nisa' غير ذوات الهيئات حضورها مع جماعة الإمام he says here it's sunnah for all of the above uh, that he mentions different categories of people to attend Salat al-Jama'ah and he says here after that that they would uh, be invited to come to al-Masjid al-Jami' to perform Salat al-Kusuf تسنوا صلاتها في الجامع حيث تصلى الجمعه where we pray Jumu'ah, we pray Salat al-Kusuf. A bigger congregation, more virtuous and even better. So, the, so this is where the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam salla Salat al-Kusuf fil masjid. So it's sunnah to be done in the masjid. And it's sunnah to be done in big congregations. And when we want to call people to Salat al-Kusuf, the eclipse prayers, how do we do it? Do we make a then? No, we don't make a then. وَيُسَنُّ أَنْ يُنَادَ لَهَا الصَّلَاةَ جَامِعَةً As they say, أُحْضُرُ الصَّلَاةَ They say, attend the salah, attend. The mu'adhan or the caller would say, الصَّلَاةَ جَامِعَةً They would invite to the salah, come out to the salah in congregation. 
And then uh, that's what the Prophet ﷺ did during his time. كَسَفَتِ الشَّمْسُ عَلَىٰ عَهْدِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فَأَمَرَ رَجُلًا أَنْ يُنَادِي الصَّلَاةَ جَامِعًا Prophet ﷺ ordered that a man call to the people to come together to the masjid and do it uh, together. So when, uh, what's the timing? Of, so this, we call to it and that's how we call to it, right? Alright, and the ones who should come to it are many di di different demographics of people, right? And it's sunnah to be done in jama'ah, correct? And we should do it in the masjid, correct? Even though it could be done alone, right? Alright, what's its timing? يدخل وقتها بأول الكسوف أو الخسوف ويستمر إلى الانجلاء الكامل, right? So here it starts with the beginning of the eclipse and ends with the end of the eclipse. Um, uh, all right. So uh, if someone doesn't do the eclipse prayers during its time, its specified time frame, can they make it up? No. You can't make up the eclipse prayers and pray it later on. You pray it during its time. If you miss it, you miss it. Right? Um, so uh, so then that's because the Prophet ﷺ, he said, إِذَا رَأَيْتُمْ ذَلِكَ فَصَلُّوا حَتَّى تنجلي, Right? Continue to pray until... Uh, until it ends, meaning after it ends, halas, that's it. You don't, you don't pray and you don't make this prayer up at all. Um, so this is another thing. Uh, all right. Now here, وَلَوْ حَالَ دُونَهَا سَحَابُ وَشَكَّ فِي الْإِنْجِلَاءِ صَلَّى لِأَنَّ الْأَصْلَ بَقَاءُ الْخُسُوفِ All right, so this is something, all right, so say if, uh, you know, during our eclipse prayers, a cloud was to block it for a period of time, and I'm not sure, did it end or not? So I'm going to continue to pray until I'm sure that it's done. But here's a big question. Now, we, we live in a global community now. Right now, I might not be experiencing an eclipse prayer. Uh, there might be an eclipse on the other side of the world. Should I pray an eclipse prayer in my area if it's not happening in my area? No, it's linked with me being able to see it. If it's happening in another country, the people in that country should fulfill the sunnah. Why? Because it's linked with the visualization of this eclipse. It's linked with the visualization of this eclipse. And that's why you see the Prophet ﷺ teaching us to observe. When does it begin? When does it end? Your, your prayer should align with when it begins and when it ends. So you see there is a visual component to kusuf prayers that's specified by the Prophet ﷺ. So if you can't see it, don't do it. وَلِذَلِكَ Alright, so and then he says, um, after that, uh, how should you do it? All right. How should you do it? Now, this is something that... Ha, have any of you guys ever prayed the eclipse prayers? Anyone prayed it here before? Raise your hand. Anyone prayed it? <laughs> we don't get many opportunities to do this sunnah, right? Uh, of course, Shaykh, Allah hifadak, ya Rabb. But you would be surprised that this prayer is uh, not like any other prayer that you would do. It's not like any other prayer that you would do. Now, of course, there's a complete way to do it with the full sunnah, um, uh, and then there is uh, a partial sunnah uh, in doing it, right? So here, how should you do kusuf prayers? You can do it in one of three ways. Now, the most simple way, the basic sunnah, the basic sunnah, just for you to at least get the reward of having observed the eclipse, is to pray two normal rak'ahs, Without elongating them or prolonging them, just two rak'ahs, that's it. Just like you pray fajr, two rak'ahs, that's it, right? That's the minimum. But now, the full sunnah is different. Now, uh, the second way to do it 
أن تصلى ركعتين من غير تطويل بزيادة ركوع وقيام في كل ركعة فيكون في كل ركعة قيامان قراءتان وركوعان وتجب قراءة الفاتحة في كل قيام Now this is something that is going to be bizarre to some of you The second way to do it is to fulfill the minimum of the sunnah right? So that the, the, the first one was the bare uh, two rak'ahs The second one is to fulfill the sunnah as a complete whole What do you do? You pray two rak'ahs but these two rak'ahs are different right? Uh, if, if you want the lesser version you won't make it long but you will make it with an extra ruku'ah, an extra bowing, an extra ruku'ah, and an extra qiyam, and an extra standing position. And uh, so in each rak'ah, you will have two standing positions, and two times of recitation, and two ruku'ahs. Uh, how's that? So we're going we're gonna to go over that. So I'm going to recite in the beginning, Fatiha. And then I'm going to recite a surah, right? I'm going to go down in ruku'ah. And after ruku'ah, I'm going to stand back up. And then I am going to recite fatiha again. And then I'm going to recite a surah again. And then I'm going to go down to ruku'ah for a second time. And then after the second ruku'ah, I'm going to say, Sami Allahumma Hamidah. And then I go continue the prayer as a normal prayer. And I do the same thing in the second ruku'ah. So it's going to be like four rak'ahs in two, right? Four rak'ahs in two. I'm going to have four points of recitation in these two rak'ahs, right? Four rak'ahs in two. Each rak'ah has two bowings. Each rak'ah has two qiyams. So it's like four in two. Now this is the second way. Now, <laughs> if you want the complete sunnah, this is the complete sunnah that they mention. And this is actually taken from uh, hadith. Uh, uh, the complete way is to do it extremely long, right? Al-Qiyamul-Awwal, min al-Rak'at-Ul-Ula, you recite Surat al-Baqarah or Qadruha, Surat al-Baqarah or something as long as it. Yani in our books today, if someone was to pray this long, uh, people would beat him up. Yani. Imagine so an imam reciting Surat al-Baqarah in one rak'ah, he will never be allowed back in that masjid ever again, right? This is what's going to happen. So, Al-Qiyam al-Awwal min al-Rak'at al-Ula, Surat al-Baqarah ti'aw qadruha. Al-Qiyam al-Thani fi al-Rak'at al-Ula, what is it? Surat Ahli Imran aw qadruha. You recite Surat Ahli Imran, the third chapter of the Quran, or something as long as it. This is Rak'ah number one, right? Uh, how many juz'us is this? Al-Baqarah uh, and Ahli Imran, how many juz'us? Uh, almost five juz'a, right? Almost five juz'a. Now, then we have in the second rak'ah, what do we do? Al-Qiyam al-Awwal min al-Rak'ah al-Thaniya, Surat al-Nisa, aw qadruha. Surat al-Nisa, or something as long as it. And then in the second Qiyam of the second rak'ah, we're going to do Surat al-Ma'idah, aw qadruha. Something as long as Surat al-Ma'idah, uh, or something as long as it. And now, that's just the Qiyam, by the way. Uh, what about the Ruku' and the Sujood? <laughs> The ruku now, like we said, an eclipse might last for two or three hours. Uh, uh, you can imagine how could this be done if it lasted for a few hours, or right? if 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 we're reciting a fast recitation uh, of one juzuk, it's about maybe twenty minutes to thirty minutes uh, uh, for a full juzuk. So you can imagine that this is going to be the first rakah is going to take 
like uh, almost two hours or an hour and a half or maybe two hours by itself, two hours for the first rak'ah. And then the second rak'ah is going to take maybe an hour. So the whole thing will take three hours. This is the longest version of the sunnah. Now, uh, I, you know, may Allah bless us with an opportunity to do a prayer this long uh, for three, four hours. Allahu Akbar. Yani if we get a chance to do this, this is how it's done. Uh, and it shows you that Nabi Sallallahu the Prophet Sallallahu was the most devout of worshippers. No one's ibadah compares to the ibadah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam at all, right? So this is, um, uh, this is what we learn uh, from uh, uh, from Salat al-Kusuf and Salat al-Khusuf. Now here, um, uh, let's see. Bismillah. Afwan? What is it? We never did this before. No, no, we never did it before. I, I don't remember us doing it. So here, look at this hadith. It's in uh, uh, Bukhari and Muslim. Uh, it says the following. خسفت الشمس في حياة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فخرج رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إلى المسجد فقام فكبر وصف الناس وراءه فاقترأ قراءة طويلة ثم كبر فركع ركوعا طويلا ثم رفع رأسه فقال سمع الله لمن حمد ربنا لك الحمد ثم قام فاقترأ قراءة طويلة هي أدنى من القراءة الأولى ثم كبر فركع ركوعا هو أدنى من الركوع الأول ثم قال سمع الله لمن حمد Right? So here, you notice this. Look at this. The Prophet, this is about the structure of the prayer. The structure of the prayer is in this hadith. The Prophet went to the masjid. He stood. He said, Allahu Akbar. People stood behind him. He read a long recitation. And we know from other hadith, by the way, we know from other hadith, uh, uh, the, I think it's the hadith of Sayyidina Hudayfa ibn Yaman, where he stood with the Prophet in his tahajjud. And uh, uh, this hadith, it says that uh, um, Sayyidina Hudayfa, he said, He'll make ruku' after 100. So the Prophet continued. And he continued until he read the rest of Surah Al-Baqarah. And then he said, uh, he'll do ruku' after he finishes Surah Al-Baqarah. And then he continued into, and this hadith mentions Surah Al-Nisa before Ali Imran. He continued into Surah Al-Nisa. Even though in our tartib, Ali Imran is first. So he recited Surah An-Nisa. And then he said, I said he'll, he'll do ruku' after he finishes Surah An-Nisa. Then he continued into Surah Ali Imran after that. So again, is there this precedent where the Prophet ﷺ would recite for very long times throughout the night? The answer, yes, there is. So it's not like the fuqaha just picked it out of a box and said, you know what, let's make everyone laugh in a fiqh class. No, this is the Prophet ﷺ, uh, he, would, he would pray very long prayers, right? So, um, uh, so the, the rest of the hadith, look what it says here. So, ثُمَّ كَبَّرَ فَرَكَعَ رُكُوعًا طَوِيلًا Then he did a long ruku' And then he stood up from ruku' And what did he say? He said, سَمِعَ اللَّهُ لِمَنْ حَمِدَ Pay attention. رَبَّنَا لَكَ الْحَمْدِ And then after saying, سَمِعَ اللَّهُ لِمَنْ حَمِدَ He then began reciting again. So you guys are paying attention to the order. So, Allahu Akbar. And then recite. Allahu Akbar to ruku' and then he puts his hands back over again and he recited again and then he did takbir again Allahu Akbar and then he said and he would continue with the rest of the rak'ah right? and then the, the rest of the hadith 
it goes on to say, um, uh, so فَأَطَالَ السُّجُودِ ثُمَّ رَفَعَ ثُمَّ فَعَلَ بِالرَّكْعَةِ الْأُخْرَى مِثْلُ ذَلِكَ right? So he said, حَتَّى اسْتَكْمَلَ أَرْبَعْ رَكَعَاتِ وَأَرْبَعْ سَجْدَاتِ وَانْجَلَتِ الشَّمْسُ قَبْلَ أَنْ يَنْصَرِفَ ثُمَّ قَامَ Look at this. فَخَطَبَ النَّاسِ فَأَثْنَى عَلَى اللَّهِ بِمَا هُوَ أَهْلُهُ right? the, the thing about the eclipse prayers is it's followed by a khutbah. The Prophet ﷺ would give a reminder to people. What was this reminder that he gave? The hadith that we said earlier. These are two signs from Allah. They don't eclipse for anybody, for their death or for their life. If you see this, continue to uh, pray and make dua until it ends. Now, uh, no, so that, that hadith was about um, uh, the a solar eclipse. Right, that was a hadith was about a solar eclipse. There's another variation that says كسفت الشمس فصلى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم والناس معه and then the rest of the hadith. Right, so this is again about solar eclipses. Uh, now um, he goes on to say, what about reciting out loud or reciting to yourself? This is what they say, and of course, the, in this case, a lunar eclipse would be easier than a solar eclipse because what do they say? In a solar eclipse, you recite to yourself. You don't recite out loud, right? Hadith ibn Abbas. So, radiallahu anhuma al-Baqarah. So, one of the variations actually says he stood a long time around the length of Surah al-Baqarah. And that's where they get this whole breakdown that I just gave you guys from right now. Um, so here, uh, so that's about the solar e eclipse. Right? It is sunnah to recite out loud. So it's easier with a lunar eclipse, right? Because if you're going to stand for a really long time and you don't have much Quran memorized, it's easier when you could listen to someone reciting. But imagine if it was a solar eclipse and you could not, and you just stood like that, it would be a... It would be like a, 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 a military drill, right? Just standing like that for two hours is very, very difficult. Uh, so, um, so here he says uh, that in a, in a lunar eclipse, it's sunnah to recite out loud. Um, and, um, and, and, and the reason why is because of the hadith that clearly states that the Nabi jahara fi salati al khusufi bi qiraatih. Right, so the Prophet would recite out loud with the lunar eclipse. All right, um, this khutbah that's given, وَتَكُونُ الْخُطْبَةُ بَعْدَ الصَّلَاةِ Like we said, كَالْعِيد لَكِنْ بِدُونِ تَكْبِرَاتِ Right, of course, uh, this khutbah is different than Salat al-Eid in that it doesn't start with Allahu Akbar. But it's the same in that the khutbah is after the salah. This khutbah is like a normal khutbah, right? Just like with all the arkan and the shurut and the uh, mustahabbat, all of the recommendations is the same like a normal uh, normal khutbah. This khutbah should be all about spiritual reminders. Again, because the Prophet ﷺ would become overwhelmed emotionally. He would tell people to make tawbah. He would tell them to give charities. He would uh, tell them to make a lot of dua, to uh, remove any sense of ghafla or distraction by dunya. This is what the Prophet ﷺ would do um, uh, 
in the eclipse in the in the khutbah of uh, the eclipse prayers uh, now he says here in al masbuqa idha adraka al imam fi al ruku' al awwal min rak'at al ula faqad adraka al rak'a wa idha adrakahu fi al ruku' al awwal min al rak'a al thaniya faqad adraka al rak'a amma in adrakahu fi al ruku' al thani aw adrakahu fi al qiyam al thani min al rak'a al ula fala yudriku al rak'a here's something important to pay attention to if i ever find myself in a position where i'm joining an eclipse prayers and the imam is in the second bowing position or the second qiyam then what? I've missed that rak'ah. So I need to make it up when the imam finishes. Right? So if I miss um, the first ruku'ah, then I have missed the rak'ah and it needs to be made up after the imam uh, says salam. Uh, uh, so here, there's another point that's addressed. If this is a long prayer, like you can imagine, what if the eclipse is happening um, at the time of a farida? What if? It, so he says, إِذَا اجْتَمَعَتْ salatan فِي وَقْتٍ واحد قدم ما يخاف فوته فإن اتسع الوقت قدم الأوكد right so now imagine it's the time for the eclipse prayers but we need to pray maghrib like say imagine if the eclipse happened uh, a half an hour before maghrib or 10 minutes before maghrib if I start this eclipse prayer now then I'm going to miss maghrib right so what do I do I pray maghrib and then I do the eclipse prayer I don't need to necessarily start from the beginning of the eclipse. Say if the eclipse is lasting for three hours, and I'm not able to pray for this whole time. I only catch the tail end of it, the last 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Can I do a prayer during that time? Yes, no problem. If you don't start with the beginning of it, no problem. You pray whatever you can. And again, like we said, even if, I know we mentioned big salawat here, but even if you can only do a short prayer, then this is still going to count for you. Inshallah, you'll get the reward of showing reverence for the signs of Allah, for the symbols of Allah. That's why, you know, there's a verse in the Quran, what does it say? ذَلِكَ وَمَن يُعَظِّمْ شَعَائِرَ اللَّهِ فَإِنَّهَا مِنْ تَقْوَى الْقُلُوبِ What's a sign that there's taqwa in the heart and there's good iman in the heart? That when I see the signs of Allah Azza wa Jal, it causes a sense of awe and reverence to overtake me. I, because what, I, I show regard for the signs of Allah Azza wa Jal. If I don't sh show, show re regard for the signs of Allah, that means there's no taqwa in the heart. Or there's a very weak um, sense of taqwa. So, and he says something else here. فَإِذَا اجْتَمَعَتْ صَلَاةُ الْكُسُوفِ مَعَ جَنَازَةٍ قُدِّمَتْ صَلَاةُ الْجَنَازَةِ So, if we have janazah prayers or eclipse prayers, what are we going to give precedence to? Of course, janazah prayers. Because it is fard kifaya, right? It is a community obligation. Uh, the eclipse prayers is an emphasized sunnah. So which one's going to take precedent? The community obligation, of course. We're going to give pre precedence to um, uh, the janazah uh, before we do the eclipse prayers. Wallahu All right. And um, what are some of the other additional sunnahs for kusuf prayers? One sunnah, they say, is doing ghusl, ightisal. Just like it's a sunnah to do ghusl for Jumu'ah prayers, it is a sunnah to do uh, ghusl for uh, eclipse prayers. In fact, like we said in the last class, it is a, you'll find that there are many aghsal masnuna, many recommended times for us to uh, do full body washes. And these times are when Islam tells us to come together and congregate. When there's a sunnah of ijtima' like in Eid, like in Jumu'ah, uh, like in Hajj, in many different scenes from Hajj or in Umrah, all of these are situations where we're encouraged to do it. Same thing, because there is a sunnah of coming together for the eclipse prayers, um, it is sunnah uh, um, 
there's a sunnah here as well. Wallahu alam. Um, uh, so here, uh, there's another sunnah he says. Um, let me just finish this. Uh, can you hold it for a second? Let me just finish the sunnah and then I'll get to you inshallah. Uh, so now, what if natural events happen other than eclipses? All right, eclipses is a natural event. It causes awe. Like, look at the earthquake that happened in uh, uh, Morocco, um, the earthquake that happened before it in Turkey. He says here, إِذَا وَقَعَتْ نَوَازِلْ غَيْرِ الْكُسُفَيْنِ كَالزَّلَازِلْ وَالصَّوَاعِقِ وَالظُّلْمَةِ وَالْرِيَاحِ الشَّدِيدَةِ فَيُسْتَحَبُّ أَنْ يُصَلِّيَ الشَّخْصُ مُنْفَرِدًا وَيَدْعُوا وَيَتَضَرَّعَ لِأَلَّا يَكُنَ غَافِلًا All of these signs that Allah shows us through natural events should lead to uh, salah, dua, tadarru' um, and this is in fact what the Prophet ﷺ would do. In fact, we're going to learn this in the rain prayers, in the next one as it comes, the, the Prophet ﷺ was always very spiritual in uh, these reminders, uh, you know, when it came to natural events. And the Prophet ﷺ teaches us uh, to say, Allahumma yas'aluka khayruha wa khayru ma fiha. Allahumma yas'aluka khayraha wa khayra ma fiha wa khayra ma ursilat bih. Wa a'udhu bika min sharriha wa sharri ma fiha wa sharri ma ursilat bih. This is the Prophet ursilat lah. So the Prophet ﷺ would teach us to make this dua whenever a storm would brew. Oh Allah, I ask you the best of it and the best of what is in it. And this, the best of what, is it, what it is bringing. And I seek refuge in you from the worst of it. And the worst of what is in it and the worst of what it was sent with. Again, this is again a sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. I know that sometimes we might be overcome with excitement. Some people might, oh, a storm's coming our way, uh, hurricane's coming our way, or a tropical storm. Oh yes, we're all very excited. Why? No school, no work, and uh, it's going to be so, it's so cool. But you never know how many times these hurricanes come and they actually kill people, right? They actually, the people actually die and they're unable to um, uh, make it through. So, so this is something that we learn from the Prophet Wasallam. All right. Uh, so here, again, like we said, it's a sunnah to prolong the ruku' and the sujood. And that's pretty much uh, the sunnah that are relating to uh, the everything relating to Salat al-Kusuf wal-Khusuf. You had your hand up, sister, over there? Yes. How are you? Well, now we're in the best time to know, actually, uh, because we have all the information now. Back in the day, you would say, how would they know? Now, of course, uh, yani, when we're talking about um, these eclipses, think about now here we're in a building right now, right? For all intended purposes, we have no idea is it daytime or nighttime outside. Uh, you know, we can't see what's happening outside, right? I have no idea what's happening outside. Back in the day, they were in open spaces, Right? Uh, when an eclipse would happen, either it would cause amaz amazingly bright white light, like with the uh, solar eclipses, um, or it would cause intense darkness, right? Uh, or is it the other way around? Anyway, it's one way. It's either going to cause bright light or intense darkness. Because you imagine, you're not going to have the light of the sun, or, or, um, or the light of the sun is going to be blocked by the moon, Right? Uh, or the light of the moon is going to look different because of the reflection of the sun the way that it is on it, right? So th they were in open spaces. Of course, they would know. They'd be able to tell, right? They're outside, right? So, uh, but for us today, all you got to do is go on Google. 
right? There's websites. It t it's going to tell you uh, the eclipse starts at this time, and this is its projected path. And uh, uh, this place will see a partial eclipse. This one will see a full eclipse. It's going to end. At, it's going to climax at this time, and it's going to end at that time. You're going to see everything. You're going to know. Right? So, uh, and again, you know, we, uh, we asked who did it here, and there's hardly anyone who was able to raise their hand. Maybe just uh, one or two or three people. Right? So, we don't get many opportunities to do this. Uh, and when we do get those opportunities, will we be able to recite Surah Al-Baqarah and Ali Imran and Nisa? There's a good chance, no. But alhamdulillah, at least we have something to be inspired by, by what the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did uh, uh, himself. Allah Alam. Any other uh, questions about the eclipse? Tomah. Mm -hmm. In Israr, right? To reci not recite out loud. Right, yes. Uh, so, so in the solar eclipse, Israr. Zayma fil salawat al-nahariya. Just like in the day prayers, we don't recite out loud. Same thing, right? In the lunar eclipse, then <coughs> we should recite out loud just like we do with the salawat al-layliya. The night prayers. But again, like th this is sunnah. If someone was to recite silently, but if, if for the one that you're supposed to recite silently, it's best not to go against the sunnah. Now, same thing like we said. Imagine this. We're just saying this because it's a majus ilm. Imagine if someone was to recite out loud for Salat al-Asr. Uh, this is mukhalif al-sunnah. Right? It's against the sunnah. But it is this going to affect the validity of the prayer? Is this person going to have to do qada or, or to i'ada? Is going to have to do salah, the salah all over again because they recited out loud? The answer, no. As long as the arkan and shurut were fulfilled, the salah is sahiha. But they are doing something that is mukhalif sunnah. And again, this is, uh, this is not so you could try something cool with your friends later on. I recited uh, uh, out loud in salat al-asr, right? This is not to, for that. We should not go against the sunnah. But technically, if it happened, will it affect the sihat al-salah? The answer is no. And the same thing with this one. And as a sunnah prayer, can I hold the mushaf? If I'm according to the opinion that says the mushaf can be held in salah, which is the opinion of the majority, except the Hanafi school, then the answer is, as a sunnah prayer, it can be held in the, the prayer as well. So that's, that's another thing. About that, Allah Any other? Yes. Yeah. So four rak'at in two, four rak'at in two, right? So I'm gonna have the first first qiyam. I'm gonna recite Fatiha and a surah. Then I say Allahu Akbar, rukur. Then I say Sami Allahu Hamida. And instead of going down, I put my hands across again. And I recite Fatiha a second time, and I say a surah after again, and then yes. No, no, four, four, four qiyams, four qiyams. Two in each rak'ah, and there's two rak'ahs, so two times two is four, right? You get it. Qiyam is different than i'tidal, by the way. Pay attention. I'tidal is that's different. It's going to come. There's one i'tidal. In each rak'ah. That's after the second ruku'ah. Right? The second, after the second ruku'ah, I say, Samiyallah That's my actual i'tidal. And then I'm going to go back uh, into sujood. I'm going to go into sujood after that. You got it? So it's four qiyams in two rak'ahs. Two qiyams in each rak'ah. Four qiyams total. 
تمام؟ Any other questions, comments? تفضل. If we were to suppose, if we were to suppose that it's going to conflict um, with, uh, if it's going to conflict with a fard salah, there is no way that we're going to give priority for a sunnah mu'akkad over fard, right? So, so this is something you need to consider. So you're going to need to think of this uh, practically speaking. So now, if if the eclipse is happening um, uh, uh, in midday. And I'm going to have three hours to do dhuhr. I'm going to have three hours to do dhuhr. Uh, so am I going to finish the eclipse before this and then pray dhuhr? Or am I going to pray dhuhr first and then do the eclipse? I would need to uh, judge for this. If I want to do the eclipse first and pray it for two hours long and then pray dhuhr after, fine. There's nothing that... As long as I'm praying dhuhr within its time. But I can never let dhuhr out of its time for the eclipse prayer. I need to pray dhuhr on time. Right? So this, would, this is definitely going to be considered. Either I wait to pray dhuhr and then I start my eclipse prayers or I cut my eclipse prayers short if I need to to pray dhuhr on time. Yeah. Yeah. Any other questions on eclipse prayers? Yes. Uh, because there's this visual element of it, look, you know, in the, back in the day, uh, back in the day, there's no way to ever know that an eclipse is happening on the other side of the world, right? You know, the, the, so just as, you know, the Prophet ﷺ taught us to have this visual component with it, it's not about it occurring. It's about, um, you know, uh, what it should do to my heart, uh, you know, in terms of how I feel, uh, you know, when I see this sign, right, of Allah Azza wa Jal. So what I would say is if it's not happening in your locality, do not do it, right? Uh, leave it for those people in that locality to do it. Or else we're going to be playing, praying eclipse prayers uh, uh, all the time because there's always going to be some place on the face of the earth on a yearly basis that's going to experience an eclipse. Yeah. Any other comments, questions? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because the, 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 like we learned when we went over prohibited times, what is prohibited during the prohibited time? It is something that is nafil mutlaq, that has no cause, or something that it is, its sabab is muta'akhir. Its, its cause is something that is after. Like what? We said istikhara or uh, salat al-haja. But if it's something that precedes, then it's not prohibited to pray it then. Like what? Salat al-janazah. Can I do it during the time of asr? Yes, of course, no problem. I don't need to wait for Maghrib to come in to do Salat al-Janazah because its cause precedes. Yeah. Tfadl. Ishwa? What happened before in Jabal Uhud? What? Oh, 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 is there a special reward for it? Um, uh, besides the sunnah of fulfilling it, no specific reward that's mentioned in the hadiths that I saw. 
It's uh, the fadl of the sunni and the ajr of uh, ta'zim ayatullah azza wa jal. But a specific reward besides that, not that I know of. Wallahu alam. Yeah. All right. So the next one is the eclipse prayers. Uh, sorry, the, the rain prayers. Let's see how long that section is. Um, they call it the rain prayer or the drought prayers. The, the rain prayers or the drought prayers. Um, this one is, you know, uh, you know, I think I want to give this one uh, its full, because it's also a spiritual experience. It also is a salah that's prayed in a special way and would be prepared for in a special way. The Prophet Wasallam. Um, would uh, t would uh, encourage the companions to fast before it, and then uh, he, they, he, they would come out, and the Prophet ﷺ would lead them in salah, and then he would also give them a khutbah and a reminder. So what we'll do is, since Salat al-Khawf, the fear prayers is a little bit shorter, we were gonna we're gonna leave the rain prayers till next time, and we'll do the rain prayers and the fear prayers. So this is what we have left: the rain prayer and the fear prayer. Salat al-Khawf and Salat al-Istisqa. And then we have the Janazah prayers. Kitab al-Janaiz. The funeral prayers, this one is a little long because there is Hukuk uh, al-Dafn. Um, uh, and, and then there is the actual funeral prayer and Ghasl um, al-Mayyit uh, and Takfin al-Mayyit and all this. All, the, all these are rites. So the funeral prayers will take two classes. And the fear prayer and the rain prayer will take one class. So that's a total of three classes. Let's look. Let's look. So we should, if we do that, then we'll be done by the 27th. And then on the 5th, which is the last Tuesday before Ramadan, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to do Fiqh um, Siyam. Uh, we're going to do an intensive, uh, we'll do... All of the ahkam relating to the fiqh of fasting. And then we'll start Ramadan, inshallah. So that's the plan. So let's leave the rain prayer until next time. And then we'll go over the, the, the fear prayers. And then we'll do the funeral prayers. And in our last session before Ramadan, uh, we'll go over the fiqh of fasting, inshallah. So we're going to end this class short today, inshallah. And we'll stop here. Subhanakallah, alhamdulillah. Nashadu an la ilaha illa ant. Nastawfiruka. وأنا أتوب إليك السلام عليكم ورحمة الله